Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in a series we're doing called, Do You Want to Get Well? Um, This series is based on an encounter that Jesus has with a man um, in John chapter 5 who is by a pool uh, known as Bethesda. It's a place known by uh, uh, tradition to be a place of healing. Uh, The man in our story has been at this pool for a long time, 38 years. Um, He's not gotten any better. The the Bible describes him, the word used there uh, in the translation I've been reading from is invalid. Uh, In some places it says infirmed. The word in in its deeper language means um, sick or um, uh, stuck or weary. And uh, what we've been talking about is that this man's been there for a long time without making any changes in his life. And uh, he's sort of gotten as far as he can in his own strength. And then he's kind of settled into that way of life. He doesn't have any friends, you know, apparently any longer. There's no one to help him. And that's just become his routine in his life. Jesus comes along, walking through the pool of Bethesda, sees this man um, and strikes an encounter with him, which is a huge deal when you think about it. The the king of the universe was like that, always looking at people who the the rest of the world had sort of made invisible. Uh, He sees him, he reaches out to him, they have a discussion. Uh, Jesus finds out all about him and then asks him the question that this series is based on, do you want to get well? It's a profound question. It's a question with a lot of depth. We can, we'll spend a lot of time talking about it. I think it's uh, applicable in virtually every area of our lives. Um, it's, uh, it, the simple answer for, by the guy would have been, obviously he wanted to get well. There he was at the place of healing. Certainly he does want to get well, but see, um, Jesus says, you know, really, do you want to get well? Are you willing to change? Are you willing to break out of the familiar? Are you willing to do things differently? Are you willing to do what Jesus says? Are you willing to have faith? Are you willing to trust God? Or do you kind of want to um, continue to do your things, things your way, sort of, and then maybe get a little bit better outcome? Or or where are you stuck? Are you looking for a quick fix? Are you, uh, you yeah, I'd like to change, but I don't want to do any work. Um, uh, see, these are the things that we wrestle with. And, and so it's a great question. And I think it uh, is one that we, we need to spend a lot of time thinking about and, and continuing to ponder and asking ourselves all the time in, in areas of our lives, do, do you want to get well? And, and I think throughout the course of our lives as believers that um, we'll, we'll say yes to things that maybe we hadn't said yes to previously and we realize that it's time to, to do something different and, and to, to break out of where we're at and, 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 and that once we decide to do that, what we've been talking about this series is that um, Jesus will help us. I, I've said that this question and where we go with this question is really where most of the spiritual battle we face comes from. Will we uh, in our lives choose to do things God way God's way and find life, or will we continue to do them our way, which leads to a counterfeit life, and by default, it ends us right up in what the enemy wants to do. And, and that's where the battle sort of is taking place. And it's ongoing uh, in these areas. But when we decide we want to get well in an area, then a, a wealth of things open up to us to help us in the process. And that's what we've been talking about right now at this part of the series. And we, we spent a, a week talking about how Jesus wants to help us. He sympathizes with us. He understands us. He's for us. He's with us. He's not pointing fingers at us. He gets it. Uh, he lived this life. Uh, he understands what temptation feels like. Although he, he never gave in, he totally gets what it feels like. 
And so uh, he extends to us grace and mercy and help in our time of need. And we have to go into this knowing that, that, that we have Jesus, uh, you know, uh, for us. And, and that's huge. He, he's, he, he will help us uh, in the process. And then we, we talked about the Bible, that we have the word of God available to us so that we can begin to know what we're supposed to do. It, it teaches us, it trains us, it, uh, it gives us advice and wisdom that makes sense and, and that we have to, to spend time in the Word of God. Then last week we talked about prayer and the importance of incorporating a prayer time in our lives. And I've challenged you the last couple of weeks to um, incorporate into your life, um, if, if there wasn't anything before, five minutes of Bible reading and five minutes of prayer. Just start in there, just as a beginning. We need to grow on that, but, but to start there. And that the reality is that in our culture, uh, and in this day and age, even as believers, a lot of times we'll go through entire days and not do either one of those things I just talked about with any significance. We'll, we'll get so busy we won't have time in the Word. We'll get so busy we really won't pray um, with, with any sort of meaning and depth. And, um, you know, what I suggested you was, was that because we're in a battle, um, that I wanted you to think about this, that, that the enemy really wants to keep you from doing those things. He wants to keep you from the Word, because if he can keep you out of the Word, then you get consumed with fear. And he wants to keep you from prayer, because if he keeps you from prayer, you get consumed with worry. And, and that's what the culture looks like. See, it, it's a reflection of the enemy in a lot of ways. It's, it's fear and worry. And, and, and we don't have to live in those things. We have Jesus who will help us. We have the Word of God to, to tell us what we need to do. And we have prayer to connect with God and, and, um, and begin to, you know, um, figure out where he wants to take us and what that looks like. Well, today what I want to talk about is another powerful part of, of these things. And I want to talk a little bit about worship and what worship looks like and, and how um, uh, we're going to talk about sitting at the feet of Jesus and getting focused on him because that is the heart of worship and what we're looking at. So we're going to dig into that together here in, in just a moment. Before we do, I have a couple of little silly things to tell you because I, I like to break it up a little bit and you usually like something silly. All right. What do you get when you cross a stream and a brook? Wet feet. All right, all right. Fine, 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 fine. What do you call a fish with no eyes? I love that one. Okay, think about it. That's funny. I don't care who you are. Scripture reading. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. <laughs> I had the best fun doing that. I was, all, I was sitting around going, Psh. okay. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. 
Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Only one thing is needed. Now, one of the tricks that the enemy uses, and I, and I said that, that you know, we, we said a few weeks ago that he's like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. Jesus is the roaring lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. The enemy is a counterfeit, and, and so um, he's, he's limited in what he can do to mostly trickery and deception and schemes, and I, I believe that one of the um, schemes that he likes to use, one of the tricks that he likes to use, uh, in, in order to promote evil in his agenda is, is a thing called distraction. And what he wants to do is distract people, particularly believers, from the truth. And whenever he does, evil has the opportunity to flourish. And he does this by keeping people more fixed on the temporal than the eternal, on the physical more than the spiritual, on the things of men rather than on the things of God. And what we need so desperately to do is we need to get our focus on Jesus because real life is found at his feet. Now, verse 38 of our scripture reading says that Martha opened up her home to Jesus and she was busy running around trying to be a good hostess. Her sister Mary, however, opened up her heart to Jesus and she was trying her best just to love her Lord. Now think about it. The Lord of the universe was sitting there in her living room and she just wants to sit at his feet and be near him. Martha was presented with exactly the same opportunity but was too busy and distracted by temporary things to see it. Martha even gets mad at her sister and asks Jesus to tell Mary to get up and help. But Jesus lovingly says, only one thing is needed and it will not be taken from her. One thing. The most important thing we will do as disciples is worship Jesus. And the best place we'll do it is at his feet. It's the best place we'll do it. Luke 10, 40 through 42, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? My sister has left me to do the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So neat, see? There's one thing, Mary got it, once you get it, it won't be taken from you. You'll get it. And you'll understand that the reality is that life is found at the feet of Jesus. And you'll get when distractions are happening. And, and you know, Martha's distractions, if you think about it, because see, distractions are like this a lot of times. They look pretty good. I mean, at some level, I get she'd opened her home to Jesus. And, you know, she wanted to be a good hostess. I get that. But she missed the bigger thing. She missed the one thing that was really important. And Mary got it. Mary opened her heart to Jesus. That's always the most important thing. So Mary, this Mary is Mary of Bethany. The sister of Martha and Lazarus had figured out the better thing in life, the one thing. Life is found loving on Jesus, sitting at his feet in worship. Uh, every morning in my prayer time, I'm uh, not there yet, we'll get there. 
Every morning in my prayer time, I, um, I read through Psalm 95. And uh, in verses 6 and 7 of Psalm 95, it says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the sheep of His pasture, the flock under His care. And see, um, Jesus is our good shepherd, and, and real now and forever life is found sitting before Him, kneeling before Him in worship. Now there's something very interesting about Mary in the scriptures. This Mary, Mary of Bethany. Every time we encounter her in scripture, she's at the feet of Jesus. Every time. And, and these encounters, I think, teach us some important things about what worship looks like. About what getting focused on Jesus looks like at the feet of Jesus. So the first point is this. The first time, this first encounter, she's at his feet to listen. She's at his feet to listen. Listening to what he had to say. Luke 10 again, verse 38 and 39. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. She sat and listened. See, we need to hunger to know him and hear from him. To listen for his voice and his word. To do what he says so that we can get well. That's part of our whole deal. We have, to, we have to listen to what he says. We have to absorb his word. We have to take it in. It's part of our worship is spending time in the word and prayer. Um, it's, 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 it's a picture of what we need to be doing. So that when I encourage you to take five minutes to, to read the word and five minutes to pray, I want you to have in your mind that this is you sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening uh, and, and, and waiting for him, learning to, to just hang out with him because there's nothing more important. See, Mary figured out there's nothing more important. All the distractions, all the busyness, all the things we can do, there's one thing. Jesus said she figured it out. Spending time with Jesus. So we, we get to his feet and we listen. Second, she sat at his feet to love him. She sat at his feet just to love him. John 12, 3. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Um, we need to take time every day, and it's part of our, our prayer time with him, um, just to tell him that we, we love him. See, sometimes um, in our busyness and in our hurriedness, um, it's, uh, our, our prayer times become sort of very self-focused about the things that we need or the things that we're going through, and there's certainly a time for that. But part of this process is understanding um, who he is, what he's done, and that, that we're just to love on him. You know, just put everything else away for a while and just love him um, for who he is. And just, just be there at his feet. Uh, and, and, you know, connect with him. He's, he's the creator of the universe. He, he created us. 
He wants us to know and experience life now and forever. And, and he wants to connect with us. And, and, and at, at times that should just, you know, overwhelm you to the point where all you can do is say, oh, thank you, Lord. I love you so much. I love you so much for, for everything that you've, you've already done. I, I love you for your willingness to go to the cross for me. I love you so much for the life that you've given me. I just love you. Mary act of devotion in what she did was motivated by her love for Jesus. And, and uh, this, this, it, was a, it was a picture of, of willingness just to lay it all at his feet. Everything that she had, she laid at his feet. She offers Jesus her treasure with, with this expensive perfume. It's, it's a way of saying, you know, all, it was an expensive thing. Oh, Lord, all, all, everything I have is yours. And then in, in wiping his feet with her hair, she's offering um, herself to him. She's, she's just saying, you know, I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours, and I love you so much. The, the, a woman's hair is her glory, and, and for her to um, worship him in this manner speaks of volumes of the love that she has for him. And, and we need to grab a hold of that and, and love Jesus like that. And again, it's, it's, it has to take time in our lives. It, 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 sometimes, you know, we, let's just let things go unsaid, even with Jesus. And it, it's one of those things that shouldn't, you, you should just love on him and take time to do it, just like she did. Third thing she teaches us at his feet is that we have to be at his feet to, to live to really experience life. In John chapter 11, verse 32, and, and, and this scripture um, is, uh, her, her brother Lazarus has died, and, and Jesus wasn't there. And so Mary goes out, John eleven thirty-two. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. Said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. So, so Mary's brother Lazarus had died and surely if Jesus was there he could have prevented it and yet even though Jesus had not done what Mary had wanted she still went to his feet in devotion, submission and worship. See at, at some level it's kind of it, it's easy to be at the feet of Jesus when things are going the way you want them to. But true worship comes from the heart of a believer regardless of the circumstances of life. See, real life is found at the feet of Jesus in all circumstances. Always at the feet of Jesus. Always. Now, you know the rest of the story. Jesus is going to come in and he's going to call Lazarus forth and Lazarus is going to come and it's, it's a significant deal but Mary didn't know that at that time her brother had died she, and she, she knew Jesus if he had been here he wouldn't have died but still she's at his feet because that's where life is found in the good stuff and in the hard stuff and see that's what we're called to um, that's, that's this process if we really want to get well we're going to have to make this connection 
we, we're going to have to realize that, that the, the, the one who wants us distracted and too busy to pray and to read the word and to not be at the feet of Jesus is the one who wants to steal your life away because that's what he does. But Jesus wants you to hang out with him. And, and my encouragement to you to, to spend time in his word and to spend time in prayer is to, to get you to this point that you see that, that real life is found at his feet in, in worshiping him listening for his voice just loving on him and understanding that no matter what's going on in life we find it there at Jesus feet in the in the stuff that's that we, we want to have happen and the stuff that we, we wish didn't happen still life is always found at the feet of Jesus I think to me that's you know um, one of the reasons I love to just come uh, um, and and hang out in God's presence you know in my private times and then corporately but but this realization of of who he is and the life is found in him that's what needs to impact all of us and as it impacts us I think we, we move further on in the journey of being made well in him of, of choosing yes to get well of, of starting to let go of some of the stuff that that's keeping us where we we're, we're not experiencing the life that we should experience and, and this life is found at Jesus' feet. Let me encourage you again. Spend time in his word every day. Spend some time in prayer. Realize that as you're doing that, you're sitting at the feet of Jesus. Listen. Listen for his voice. Love him with all that you are and all that you have. And know that no matter what's going on, life is always found at his feet. And it's there that we'll experience the abundant life now and forever that we are created for and that he came for us to have. So make sure you're spending time with him and we'll, we'll keep talking about getting well next week, but that's all for now. If you're watching on television or on video, thank you so much for spending your valuable time with us. If you need anything, go to the website at keysvineyard.com if you need prayer and we'll, we'll certainly pray for you. Hit the prayer page and we'll, we'll pray for you. You can call us and we'll pray for you. Um, but thank you for your time. Come and visit us if you're in Big Pine. We'd love to see you. Okay. What we're going to do now is we're